So the prayer cords, we know the top three obstacles to prayer are time, accountability, and time. And I can't go into the details, but there's two different time questions. And they're always 20 to 30 points spread from each other. And the number one obstacle is always not making the time. And that blows every other obstacle out of the water with every single group or church we've ever surveyed. So we know time, according to the people, is their biggest obstacle. So we build an entry-level strategy that takes time off the table as a hindrance. is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Johnson. Michael Jeb is founder and president of Strategic Prayer Initiative based in the Chicago area. Today, we continue our conversation with Michael in a short series about strategic prayer. And one of the important tools that SPI or Strategic Prayer Initiative offers believers and the church. Welcome, Michael, to Charisma Connection. Welcome back, I should say. Hi, Chris. Good to be back with you. Well, Mike, you offer multiple tools to encourage prayer. And I was intrigued by the name of the Prayer Chords System. Where does that name come from? Well, it actually comes out of Ecclesiastes 4.12, a three-strand chord not being easily broken. And um, I think the word prayer got added to it by my pastor of 18 years. He's no longer my pastor, Dr. Ray Pritchard. And in a discussion of these things, um, he wrote an article up for his bulletin. And he, I think he coined the term prayer chord. But, you know, so the chords have always been there. And the prayer in front of it, I think he gets the credit for it. Yes, I think we often see that verse in relationship to marriage, don't we? Um, The three-strand chord? Yes. Putting God in as the third part? Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen that. <laughs> so, um, but there are many ways to look at it. So what are the prayer chords? Well, let me get into the details of that, but I want to tell our listeners a quick story. I'll try to make this fast, fast version of it, <clears throat> but it is pertinent to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, about three years ago, I took a, my youngest son and his friends skiing up to Wisconsin, and I just worked at a table in their, wild, at their lodge during the day. And at the end of the day, we were leaving and the sun was going down. The parking lot was like a sheet of ice. And it was drizzling rain, and we left to drive back to the Chicago area. And we got about 10 minutes away from the uh, ski lodge, and the GPS showed that we were merging onto a different road. There was a merge ramp off to the right. But what we didn't know is out in these country roads, 55-mile-an-hour country roads, um, the merge ramp, there was no ramp. There was no multiple lanes. There was just one single lane and like a three car length ramp. And so as we merged onto that next road, a semi-trailer pulled right in front of us in the only lane there was. And we went under the side of the semi and sheared the roof of the car and the windshield right off the car. And it was, oh my. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was very dramatic. It was horrible. My friend, my son's friend was fine. My son um, was really shaken up. He had glass picked out of him with tweezers and thought I was dead for five hours while we were in the mm-hmm. hospital. And, and um, anyway, my uh, another son had driven out to the junkyard to get my computer and briefcase out of the car. 
and he had taken some pictures of the car and um, the officer on the scene couldn't get a statement out of me because I had a concussion, but he called me in the Milwaukee Trauma Center the second out of three days that I was there to get my statement. And, you know, I, I think his name was Nichols. And I said, Officer Nichols, I'm looking at these photographs of this car that's now waist high with no roof. And, and I'm wondering, how am I even alive? And he said, well, you know, we all debrief on these scenes, the paramedics, the firemen, the police. And he said, everyone agreed, there's no way you could live through that accident. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you were meant to live for a reason. Wow. So yeah, my oldest son said, oh, dad, they'd say that to everybody. You know? <laughs> but I, I tell you what, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is we wouldn't be having this conversation today if what should have happened to me had happened that day. So I am thankful to God and I do think he intervenes. So, but And I understand now, this just happened like a few years ago, right? Yeah, it was January three years ago. And mm -hmm. uh, I was in a halo. It was screwed into my head with four screws. It was used to joke to people. I was looking for part-time work as a coat rack. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it looked like a coat rack. And anyway, let's get back to the prayer cords. Um, the prayer cords are a tool that's designed from the research where we take the, the major obstacles, six of the major obstacles to prayer have been designed to be overcome in the prayer cords. The prayer cords are a group of three individuals of the same gender, and they have a three-minute day commitment, and then once a month, they have a commitment to get together for coffee or lunch, or they can even do it on a phone call, and uh, have some fellowship and accountability and prayer. So the prayer cords, we know the top three obstacles to prayer are time, accountability, and time. And I can't go into the details, but there's two different time questions, and they're always 20 to 30 points spread from each other. And the number one obstacle is always not making the time, and that blows every other obstacle out of the water with every single group or church we've ever surveyed. So we know time, according to the people, is their biggest obstacle. So we build an entry-level strategy that takes time off the table as a hindrance. Okay, I have a good friend, Don Gordon, who says we're priming the pump for future success. So we're starting them out very, very manageably. And what that entails is they have a two minute a day prayer commitment and we give them um, prayer guides for that. And if I was if we were doing a seminar at a conference, I'd be picking up a pink sheet of paper in my right hand and a half sheet of blue cardstock in my left hand. And I'd be saying to the people, this blue card and pink sheet summarize the prayer cords. And <clears throat> what they do basically is we've tried to take two minutes of prayer and make it the most powerful, relevant two minutes you could possibly use. And we're trying to use your time super well. Then we also, I, I say this all the time. My wife hates that I say it, and I understand why she doesn't like it, but I'll still keep saying it is, for most people, this is one way you could do it. You could create the time by muting one television commercial break. So you could get in your two minutes of prayer each day when you're in a prayer cord by just muting one television commercial break. So if time is the number one obstacle, we think we can honestly get you started without overly burdening you in that area. Yeah, okay? two, two minutes doesn't sound like much of a burden. 
No, it's not. <clears throat> and, and we make it a very powerful two minutes. So here's the, here's the pink sheet, which is a prayer guide. You can download from the website. You can ask for a free subscription to it. You can even get one in the United Kingdom in England that's customized for them. Mm-hmm. And That's um, all the right spelling, right? Yeah, exactly. I, did. <laughs> I thought that some of the things were misspelled by the people that were doing it. And then I found out, no, that's British. It's a British spelling. <laughs> but the, um, the pink sheet has 31 items on it. We do a lot of work on it and we pull information from a lot of other ministries. And you have one item a day to pray and check off. So it takes you a minute a day. Some are much less than that. You know, the persecuted Christians might take you a minute and a half or two minutes, but that's only one item. So here's some of the things that are on it. And you will, if you use this tool one minute a day, it will raise your strategic prayer for the nation and the world to a level that a lot of Christians never even thought about praying, but we're making it so, we're spoon feeding you and making it so easy that it's very, very manageable. Here's some of the things on it. The uh, unreached people groups in the world, the Bibleless people groups in the world, the Supreme Court, persecuted Christians, um, the Damascus Road petition, that alone could help change the world. Uh, Christian ministries, the nations, the poor, the church, the family, the education system, cultural influencers, some of the most powerful people in film and television, personal revival, national revival, raising up laborers. Um, important humanitarian relief situations. It, it's a it's a host of great information. 75% of it changes every month. You'll get a different underage people group every month. That category won't change, but you'll get a new one each month. It's interesting so you you're get, going from unreached people groups to Hollywood, basically. So you're really covering the gamut. Yes, and we tried to do that. I mean, and that was like all the other FPI stuff was heavily tested. You know, there, there are many different versions of that that, you know, kept getting refined over and over and over again. And, you know, an iterative process of refinement actually does get a lot done because you get rid of the stuff that isn't as good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's one minute of your two minutes a day. The other minute comes off the blue card. And again, these can be downloaded from the website. If you go to the prayer cord system, you can download all the things you need except for the pink sheets. And they're in another area of the website called um, strategic data, she- strategic per data sheets. So, but once you subscribe to that, it'll just come to you automatically in the mail email. Okay. So here's your three bullet points that are being prayed for you. And this is this first one, we would call it the crown jewel of the strategic prayer initiative. And that is every single day. And I've got two guys that pray this for me every single day. They pray that the Holy Spirit would help me to grow in fervent and righteous prayer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if prayer is difficult, yet prayer is powerful, then why has it taken us so long to get a strategy where we're going to help the average person by praying them into prayer growth? You know, and, and the scripture says, well, that's why we call it the crown jewel. You know, you got, mm-hmm. the scripture says, if you're praying something in God's will, he will 100% answer it. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to say to the listeners, if you want to develop a better prayer life, and, and we know from the research you do, um, if, if you want to do better, and you have two people every day praying for God to help you do better, God will answer that prayer. You will get better. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. The second bullet point is um, <clears throat> for safety. You know, if, if you're going to be more effective in the spiritual battle and prayer is a key component to that, um, we want you to have some added safety. So every day, my two partners, and I pray this for them, pray, I pray for their moral, sexual, physical, spiritual, and emotional protection. Hmm. Moral, sexual, physical, spiritual, emotional protection. And who doesn't want more protection? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, who doesn't want prayer for that? I do. And then the third one, which is really central to um, the spiritual battles that we're in, is the word of God. So the third prayer item is that you're being that your partners are praying that you would interact with the word on a daily basis and be taught by the spirit. And as most of your listeners know, um, the Holy Spirit does open the scripture to people. So it's a two part prayer that you would interact with it daily and be taught by the spirit. Yes. So and then. Then let me just say this, and I'll let you ask a question. On the flip side of that card, there is a prayer to be prayed once a week, and it's the Ephesians 3 prayer, which is arguably one of the most um, salient spiritual growth prayers in the Scripture to pray for your partners. So let me stop. Did you have a question? Yes, I mean, praying straight from the Scripture is certainly going to line you up with the will of God, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh <laughs> That that is a, a it's not a secret anymore. It's a wonderful thing to um, to pray scripture because you are lined up with the will of God. Mm-hmm. And um, that booklet I mentioned last time, Love to Pray, has a whole um, appendix. There's like five appendixes that gives you like 26 different scriptures that you can pray that they will get answered because they are God's will. So we can't go into that, but that's a, one of the things that Alvin Vandegrin wrote that, you know, it just was a phenomenal revelation to him when he figured out that you could pray something that was in the word, that was in God's will, and God had promised to answer it over time. Amen. So that's pretty cool. So, so you've talked about the different elements of the prayer cords. Have we covered that? Yes, there is. The accountability element is big, though. And remember, that is in the top three obstacles. Um, and usually, you know, it's really the top two obstacles here. It's, it's real quick. I got to go over it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's when you get together for your time once a month, um, again, you can do it more frequently if you want. Someone's got to be the group administrator and that administrator, it's not a hard job. They just make sure the meeting takes place, whether it's on the phone or in person. And they print out the yellow card off the website, which has the questions so they can check them off. And these are the five questions they ask. The first one is, have you achieved your two minutes of strategic prayer? And I can tell you from experience that people will fail. Some people will fail the first month or even two months, but because it's so doable and because deep down they want to actually get better, they will get there because someone's checking in on them. And you answer one of three answers, yes, no, or almost. And we learned years ago that almost is a completely valid answer. We say if you miss one, two, or three days in the month, you can answer almost and it's considered fully successful. You know, we don't want to nitpick for 100%. If you're hitting 90%, that's wonderful. Secondly, you're asked, have you gotten in, have you been in the word daily? And now people are going to cringe when I say this, but all we're asking is two verses a day of scripture. Okay, remember time's the biggest obstacle. Okay, so all we're asking is, read two verses. You can use any reading system you want, but if you don't have a good one, we suggest to read the two verses from the top of the chapter. We have a chapter a day chart, 
and go to the chapter for today and read the first two verses. That's all you have to read. Uh, if you read the whole chapter, you'll have read the New Testament in a year. And chapters in the New Testament are about two pages or less. But all you got to do is read the two verses. That's all you're asked about. Again, yes, no, or almost. If you missed one to three days, um, that's okay. And you get Sunday off because you're hearing the scripture in church. Okay, the third question, this is a complicated question, and I caution the readers, don't feel vulnerable with what I'm going to say, because we've really worked this to make it not risky, but it is relevant. And that is, you're asked, have you given in to significant sin in the past month? Yes or no? Okay, and you don't have to answer anything other than yes or no. Um, and the reason we ask it is because, and by the way, everybody always asks, what's significant sin? Right, and I bet the they do. <laughs> and in the downloads, the, the two-page summary of the prayer cords will give you a lot of information about that. And then there's a longer explanation of the prayer cords that will also give you even more information. You don't have to ever look at that, but we make the longer things available for the person that wants more information. Okay? Okay. So... Uh, you don't have to answer any more than yes or no. And and by the way, you also sign a confidentiality card the first time you meet. So your partners are in writing saying, I will keep anything you say confidential, even from my spouse, for the sake of helping us to grow spiritually. Hmm, and good. that is not. Yeah. And 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 you, again, you don't have to say anything. All you, If you just say yes and don't want to say any more, that's legit. They can't ask you anymore. But it does mean that your partners will go, hmm, Mike's uh, got something he feels uncomfortable to share, so we'll just pray more for him, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful thing. So anyway, and, and you know, one reason um, I think a lot of people would know this, but maybe not, um, the scripture does say that righteous prayer is the effective prayer. And, you know, there's a classic verse in Psalm 66, 18 that says, um, if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. There's two other classics. I can't read them, but I'll give you the reference. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, or 1 Peter 3, 12. So there's, um, you know, it, it is a scriptural truth that, that keeping your short accounts with God as far as resisting sin is one of the keys to having effective prayer. And that's why it's there. So almost done. Last two, I'll be real fast. <clears throat> um, how would you celebrate your prayer life in the past month? Poor, fair, good, or mature? And how would you celebrate your personal relationship with the Lord in the past month? Poor, fair, pretty deep, deep, and extremely deep. And I'll pause again for your questions, but I can give you data, empirical data, showing how people advance over time when they're in prayer cords. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful to know. I'm sure you've done your research on that. What I want to know is, personally, you say that you are in a prayer cord. How did yours get started? And then, you know, tell us about your experience. Sure. Um, mine got started in an adult Bible fellowship at the church I was at. And I didn't even know the guys that, you know, the whole adult Bible fellowship was getting in cords. And by the way, if you wanted to put a cords program into your church, um, the, the eight minute long diagnostic survey is the place to start because when you have that survey information and it is anonymous, you'll see that people really want to get better and they'll tell you they want your help. And it's a lot easier to help somebody that said, I want you to help me. Yes. So 
<clears throat> anyway, our chord was one of a number of chords that were formed in that group. And we've been together for 17 years now. And we've been through thick and thin together. I mean, all kinds of different things. And uh, at one point, the gentleman uh, that grew up in the United Kingdom, uh, he was he had to go back to England for a year and a half to take care of his ailing mother, aging mother. And this was before FaceTime and stuff. And we just kept our cord going through phones. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been great. I mean, I know I can depend on these guys. I know that they will pray for me if I call them and ask them. I know that if I've failed somewhere morally that I'm accountable to them and and um, I'll bring it up to them. I mean, it's been 17 years, so we have what they call relational transparency. I mean, I, I trust them and um, and I know that they're on my team and they're praying for me. And we know from the research that there's often half of the people in the church that have somebody that they feel like they can be completely open with, but they're not getting together in any way to help each other, you know, walk out the spiritual walk. So um, to have people you can depend on and on the downloads for the prayer cords, the very first download on um, the back side of it has uh, seven or eight uh, quotes from people in cords in a church up in Wakanda, Illinois and unsolicited this lady that was in charge of them sent them all these quotes to me and they were wonderful. I mean, I, they were like, wow, these are perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what? let me read you just the last sentence of the last quote. Let me see if I can uh, okay. grab that. This lady said, originally, I believed the prayer cord would be just one more responsibility in my life. But now that I'm involved, I don't feel that way at all. It has been a real blessing. And they're all, you know, I think there's seven or eight of them. Hmm. And they're they're really encouraging. And that's, you know, from people in the trenches that use the tool and the benefit that they've gotten from it. Right. Well, I mean, we don't, sometimes we go to church and we don't develop really tight (laughs) friendships with people or even accountability relationships. So I can see how this would help. Now you've been in one for 17 years, which is pretty amazing. And you've been faithful to it, apparently. Um, You know, is there ever an ending point to these, or is it just up to the participants? Well, it's up to the participants. And I would say this, is that early on, um, our focus was on the prayer cords at the beginning. It shifted about five years in based on things we learned in the research to focusing on a good prayer life. And part of the reason was I used to ask people that were in cords, I said, why would somebody be in accord for the rest of their life. And the only two answers I could come up with were one, they either wouldn't, or they would do it for the relationship. And so in a sense, even though the cord was designed to help people to grow, it, it wasn't going to be used for the rest of most people's lives. But when you target a good prayer life and you measure that, that is something that you would have for the rest of your life. And uh, so they could end their cord. They could um, start a new cord. Uh, we encourage cords to start other cords. I was in a second cord for a while where I stayed in two, but I was building a second one. And um, the fact is we need, most of us need help living out their Christian life. One woman said to me, 
you know, some people need structure and I'm one of them. And I'm so glad this woman, Kimberly, came to me and asked me to be in accord because I need it. And uh, I think there's a heck of a lot of us that really would benefit from those relationships and those daily prayers being prayed on our behalf. Yes. So not only are we praying for others, but others are praying for us. And so it's, you know, a, a true relationship. So you know these are successful from your anecdotal information that you received, but also from your research, right? Absolutely. And the, the, the stats that are the easiest for me to look at are, um, there's a tool called a quick check card, which has three questions on it, which is essentially sort of mirror the prayer cords. And we use that with whole congregations. And one church in Michigan that over measuring them for two years, we start out with, we had a third of that church in prayer cords and we had the people in prayer cords might've been more mature originally. And that's why they got in them. But in the first measurement of that church, the people in the cords, 25% had a good or mature prayer life. Within three months of being in the cord, it, it doubled to 51%. And then a year later, a three month average, it went up to 72.5%. And then another year later, again, a three month average, they were at 77%. And so they tripled in three years. And one month when I ran their averages, um, it hit 80%. And, and that's a three minute a day strategy. I mean, it's not overly burdensome. And then on the relationship level, the ones in the cords started out with 6.3% saying they had a deeper, extremely deep relationship. Within the next three months, they were just under 30%. A year later, three-month average, they're at 43.5%. And another year later, three-month average, they were just under 50%. So the depth of the relationships went up like eight times, you know, eightfold. Well, that's in, some uh, that real growth there. Yeah, and, it, you know, it really what it is is we are just getting basic tools that go with normal discipleship, helping people to use them and being accountable so that we'd, they'd be sure to use them. And they grow from it because God set it up that way. You know, you, mm -hmm. you know, if you get in the word and you pray and you're in fellowship and you try to keep short accounts with God, um, you will grow. And in this time of, of uh, COVID, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we need hope all the time and we need relationship with God all the time. But what a wonderful time to develop a deeper relationship with God and have the hope that comes from it because that hope will sustain you for the rest of your life, even after this thing's over. Absolutely. And you talked about, you know, just over the years, this helping you through thick and thin. Well, we're certainly in the thick right now. So I, I think we that are. would really help people. Yeah, we are. And there's there's a lady, I, maybe I'll tell you the next time we talk, but um, I, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> you have a lot of stories, I'm sure, Mike. Well, uh, as we close, Mike, would you like to pray for our listeners that their relationship with each other in the church and also with God would be deepened through these prayer cords and the other tools that you offer? Okay, I'd be happy to do that. Father God, we know that you want us to be disciples. We know that you want us to grow. We know that you want us to have a relationship with you. And Father, most of us sitting in the church pews on Sunday morning back when we got to sit in them, 
Um, we want those things, but we need your help to get them. So, Lord, I pray that all over this country that millions of people would be able to have the joy of getting into a court and having those relationships or using the tools with their small group and that they could grow in prayer and grow in their relationship with you and grow in their effectiveness in the Christian life. And thank you, God, that we've seen growth documented. And I pray that you'll make that growth spread wide and broadly and that it would be spread by your hand, not by human hands. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Michael Jeb, for being with us today. And we want to give your website one more time. That is spiprayer.org, spiprayer.org, from the Strategic Prayer Initiative. Michael, you'll uh, join us one more time for another part of our series. So thanks uh, today for joining us and for sharing with us about these prayer cords and for your own personal experience, especially. Well, thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be able to talk with you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. And be sure to head on over to cpnshows.com for more podcasts on prayer and lots more interesting shows to give you some inspiration and encouragement, especially during this time when many of us are not in face-to-face -face church services. And be sure while you're there to look at the new app that we have, Charisma Media Audio, and you can read Charisma Magazine not only in print now, but you can read it by listening to it like an audiobook. Be sure to get your 10-day free trial there at cpnshows.com or at charismamediaaudio.com. And we thank you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.